Hi, I'm Josh Block, host of Uncover Escaping Nexium from CBC Podcasts. I pull back the curtain on the secretive self-help group that experts call a cult and follow one woman's harrowing journey to get out. The podcast was featured in Rolling Stone magazine and named one of the best podcasts of 2018 in The Atlantic. Listen to Uncover Escaping Nexium on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. The Russian anti-war activist Maria Kartasheva has been dreaming of hearing these six words, you are officially a Canadian citizen. And last week, she finally heard them. But it has been a winding road to get to that moment. Immigration officials had initially blocked her citizenship because of a criminal conviction in Russia. The circumstances, as you might have heard, were unusual. She had criticized the Russian government for its invasion of Ukraine while she was living in Canada. Maria, good morning. Good morning. Congratulations. Thank you so much. How does it feel officially to be a Canadian citizen? That's nice. <laughs> I still don't believe it, but yeah, it happened very fast. It happened very fast, but the process was not a quick process. What went through your I mind? I know. No, the process wasn't fast. <laughs> how, would you, how would you describe the process? Uh, Nerve-wracking <laughs> and uh, very long and stressful. I don't know. It's a. It was a very weird process, so it was very hard to describe it in a word, one word. So, when you found out that 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 this Russian conviction could prevent you from becoming a Canadian citizen, what was your reaction? Um, at first, I didn't think it was a problem. After the ceremony, I thought that okay, well, there obviously was a mistake that w- they will fix it probably soon because I was told that someone will contact me ASAP. And then, um, you know, time went by and then I received a letter from IRCC saying that they think I might not become a Canadian citizen. And so that's when I really started getting nervous because uh, that would mean there might be other consequences to that as well. So, yeah. Other consequences like what? Well, my biggest fear was deportation to Russia. And uh, thankfully, it shouldn't come to that <laughs> right now. Aside from not being able to stay in Canada, given what you had said, and we'll get into more of this in a moment, but what would that have meant? What would deportation to Russia have meant for you? Uh, well, I will have to, I will would have had to sit in prison for eight years. That is my sentence. And Russian prisons are no joke. <laughs> so it, it, it can be dangerous because some people just can't survive it because political prisoners often given the harshest conditions. And you probably can see that on cases like uh, Alexei Navalny, yeah. right? That is basically, he's basically being tortured there. And it's just the loudest case, the case that we can hear of, I mean, on the, on the West. But there are a lot of prisoners like him who's going through the same thing. And so, yeah, I, I would expect, I would have had to go through something similar. What were you convicted of? You were convicted in absentia by by Russia, but what were you convicted of? Uh, for spreading uh, false information about the Russian army. And what specific uh, was, what specifically was it that led to that conviction? Uh, it was two blog posts about uh, events in Bucha, uh, meaning Bucha massacre that happened last or when was it? <laughs> uh, spring. Uh, 2022. Mm. When you posted that, did you know that, that there would be consequences? 
Not really. I thought that this law was implemented to silence um, uh, political leaders, you know, people with a big audience or people inside Russia, because they are obviously easier to hunt down. Um, I didn't expect they would come after someone with a very small uh, audience and uh, that who also lives abroad for years. So I know I didn't expect that. Now, those are things that you wrote while you were here in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me why you left Russia. What was it that that was? It, it, it's always really hard to leave your home and and to go mm-hmm. and start a life somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Why did you feel like you needed to leave Russia? Because it didn't feel safe there. I remember one of our, I guess, culture shocks when we moved to Ottawa was that we didn't see the police officers. Uh, we moved in February, um, and we just. I don't know, it was months before we first saw a police officer in Ottawa, which for us was insane because in Moscow you see at least like five or maybe even 10 police officers while you're going to work. And so you will probably see more if you're going somewhere downtown, right next to Kremlin, there will be hundreds of them. So this is not the same experience here in Ottawa. And plus, these officers are not there to protect you, right? And you know that. What do you mean? And so they can do, they uh, have the duty to protect the president and they have their own goals, like to close the set amount of cases. And so they sometimes would um, put some drugs in people's pockets and find them, in quotes. And then these people go to jail for years, but this uh, police officer will get his, uh, you know, normal level of cases mm. opened and like will get his, um, I don't know, salary increase or whatever. And so this is literally how it pretty much works. And so you never feel safe when you see a police officer in Russia and you see quite a lot of them. I described you in the introduction as an anti-war activist. Um, What does it mean to be an activist in Russia right now, do you think? Uh, It means that you're pretty much in danger all the time. I don't know how many people there are actually actively protesting. A lot of people just doing some partisan work and trying not to um, show up, you know. And so there is for them, there are rules that they can't take their phones with them. They have to cover their faces. They have to have a change of clothes with them to change the clothes in case they were caught on some cameras, you know, things like that. It's pretty insane. But even if you're just going to do... Um, protest and it's just yourself with a sheet of paper or even empty piece of paper, um, you still need to be prepared that you might get abused by the police, that you will be arrested for at least well around 10 days. Um, You have to be prepared that there will be someone to feed your cat or take care of your kids or the fact that you might lose your job after that because you won't be able to work for 10 days. And these are the risks that you have to think about if you're just going to protest without, you know, even getting violent, like I'm not even talking about that, just standing on the street mm. with a piece of paper is can lead to these consequences. How much opposition do you think there is right now in Russia for the war in Ukraine? 
I think there's quite a, there are quite a lot of people who are against the war. Uh, there there were some surveys that showed that the active supporters of war are less than 20 percent. About the same or even more people are actively opposing the war, meaning that they don't support it, not that they protest against it. Um, and the rest are just they just want to be left alone and live their lives and not get sent to war, you know. Um, but they won't be protesting it because uh, they just want to feel safe. What uh, is it so. like for you to, to be in a country where where you do feel safe and where you feel safe in speaking your mind and saying what you want to say? It is definitely liberating and uh, nice. I don't know how to explain it. It, it is still hard because uh, a lot of even Russian citizens who are still in Canada, they can't feel completely safe. They have to still worry about what uh, Russian government can do to them, even when they are abroad. So can, can you explain, can you like explain mine, that to yeah. me? Because you're here and people would think, well, you're, you're not there. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about it because, yeah. the, the, you know, the, 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 the long reach of the government can't reach mm-hmm. here to Canada. But you're saying that you still have to look over your shoulder in some ways. Yeah. So the easiest example would be the law that they uh, amended yesterday, I think. Uh, Basically, it means that people that were um, sentenced under my article, the false news against Russian army, um, now the government can't take away their property in Russia. Thankfully, I don't have any property in Russia, but there are a lot of Russian citizens who still do have property. Like it can be a part of of the of their mom's apartment, you know, or things like that. And now the government might take away this property from them, which can lead to consequences to their families and things like that. And even if we're not talking about that, people always worry most uh, about their family, right? Because most people still have family in Russia. And uh, there are not a lot of cases of Russian government going after the families of activists and politicians, but there are some and that's enough to make people, you know, scared of that. And hold their tongue and not say what they want to say. Yeah. Yeah. You... Well, I'm not even talking about the poisoning of activists and politicians that is happening for the last, I don't know how many years. Yeah. And so. Could you ever imagine going back? Would you want to go back at some point in time? I would want to go back to see my friends, my family, to walk the streets that I know and things like that to travel, I guess. But uh, obviously, I will not go there until Putin is in power. So hopefully, I'm very, <laughs> I know it's very naive, but I'm very optimistic about the upcoming election. I can't vote because I am um, convict <laughs> now. And uh, those people don't, can't, don't have a right to vote in Russia. But hopefully, a lot of other Russian citizens will go and vote for whoever else other than Putin. And hopefully, that leads to some change. But we'll see. In the meantime, you're here. Yeah. And a Canadian citizen. I'm really glad to talk to you, and I'm glad that this whole process, which was uh, a bit of a nightmare in and of itself, has come to a resolution. Maria, congratulations, and thank you very much. Thank you so much. Maria Kartasheva is co-founder of the Russian-Canadian Democratic Alliance. She is an anti-war activist, and she is now a Canadian citizen. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.